It's been more than 2,000 years since this man was born contrary to the laws of nature. He never traveled extensively, and only once did he cross the borders of the small country in which he was born. At his birth, he startled kings. As a boy, he startled theologians. As a man, he walked upon the water billows as if they were pavement, and he hushed the seas asleep. He never studied anatomy, and yet he healed the multitudes without medicine and made no charge for his service. He never studied psychology, yet out of all the psychologists, far and near, not one of them, or all of them together have healed more broken hearts than he has. He never wrote a book. He never composed a song. Yet of all the books and songs that have ever been written about him, there is not a library in the land that could hold them all. He never marched with an army. Yet of all the armies that have ever marched, and all the navies that have ever sailed, and the kings that have ever reigned, or parliaments that have ever sat, not one of them, or all of them put together, have affected your life and mine like Jesus, this one solitary man upon whom the hinge of history turns. And though time has spread for twenty centuries, from the scene of his birth to the scene of his crucifixion, all the way to our gathering today, the Bible declares he still lives. Herod could not kill him. The grave could not hold him. He stands forth on the highest pinnacle of heavenly glory. Acknowledged by God, proclaimed by angels, adored by saints, and feared by devils as the unconquerable Christ. We are here today because He is the light of the world, who came to dispel the darkness of our inner souls, the darkness of our outer world. He is not a baby. He is the God-man who came to set people free. Good morning, please, everybody stand and sing with us. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn The heaven-born Prince of Peace Hail the Son of Righteousness Light and life to all He brings Risen willing in His wings Mild He lays His glory by Born that man no more may die Born to raise the sons of earth Born to give them second birth Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Good morning. Angels we have heard on high. Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply Echoing their joyous strains Gloria in excelsis Deo Let some tidings be when 
rich inspire your heavenly song. Go. Whose birth the angels sing Come adore on baby Christ the Lord our newborn King Go Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas Eve. How you doing? Good, good. It's good to see you. You know, I don't know about you, but it has been just a, a wild ride this year. And uh, I mean, just a bowl full of crazy going on all around us politically and nationally and internationally. And just praying toward this season, I, I just pray, Lord, that, that we would get to experience really the fullness of the, the Prince of Peace. And that today would be a simple reminder of who Jesus Christ is, not simply a babe in a manger that we celebrate, but he is the God-man that really comes to bring peace to our lives and ultimately just to the situations around us. And uh, so this morning, let's pray toward that and let's ask the Lord to speak to us and challenge us as we go in, uh, not only to this season with family and friends, but into a new year and to experience his grace and his blessings. So let's pray. Father, we're so thrilled that again we stand on the precipice, Lord, of another Christmas. While there's so many in the world that get caught up in the crass commercialism and tinsel and trees and all of those things are wonderful and fine, uh, but Lord, we never want to lose sight of the man-child, the God-child that came to save us from our sins and Lord, to be Emmanuel, God with us. So, Lord, begin to cement those thoughts into our hearts, deeply into our souls today, Lord, so that while there's so much hopelessness that may go on around us, Lord, we get to be people of great hope. So we ask, Lord, that you would touch our time this morning as only you can do. And, Lord, prepare us for this season ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You go ahead and have a seat, if you would, please. Rejoice, 
<clears throat> I personally love that song and that video just because it speaks to the dark times and the dark backdrop of what really took place at Christ's nativity scene. I also love it because of the deep theology that you pick up from it, that the mercy of God would have chosen Mary, not because of just who she was, but because of God's choosing and gave her a purpose. And I think I want to remind us today, friends, uh, that God does the same thing. He comes to give us purpose in this season, reminds us of that. And sometimes, probably like Mary, we would doubt that he would come to do that, but he always does in his grace and not because of who we are, but because of who he is and what he's done. But you see the backdrop, kind of the darkness of that. And as part of the whole, really, if you go through the scriptures, if you pay close attention, you'll see that God really does work in the dark. It starts with dreams to Joseph. In the song there, it says, I have traveled many moonless nights. And it talks about how when they escaped Egypt, when Mary and Joseph had to escape Egypt so that the baby child, Jesus' child wouldn't be killed by Herod, that they literally went at night to be able to escape. We see dreams. We see the wise men who followed a star. It says when the sun set that they begin to follow the star in the evening. When the announcement comes to the shepherds, it happens in the evening. Here's the scriptures that back up the story that we just saw. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 says this, about that same time Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. Now, this was the first census when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, which was David's town for the census. Now, as a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant at the time. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Now, she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket, and she laid him in a manger because there was no room at the inn. There were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. Notice this. They had set night watches over their sheep when suddenly God's angel appeared, and he stood among them. And God's glory began to blaze all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. Not for some, not a few, not the special, not the elite, but for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah, he's the master. This is what you've been looking for. Is a, this is what you've looked for. To, and now you will see a baby who's wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger, at once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. They begin to sing glory to God in the heavenly highs. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. We see this backdrop again of all of the places where there's these nighttime expressions of God working. Have you ever worked a, have you ever worked a night shift? Have you ever worked graveyard? It's kind of a different and a unique shift to work. Unless you've worked night shift, you know, you really don't get the, the, the total nuance of it. And it's easy to forget those who work while we sleep. They get up at sunset and go to bed at sunrise. They punch in when others are punching out. They're putting on pajamas when others are putting on work clothes. They're spooning down Cocoa Krispies when others are forking in spaghetti and salad. They're going to work when most people are getting ready and settling in for the night. There's little traffic, and most of everybody else is sleeping for those who work the night shift. But not everybody. Not those who work the night shift. There's the lonely policeman in a squad car who's on patrol. There's the dad who's stocking shelves in a store to support his family, working the night shift because it's more money. There's the nurse in the local hospital who's watching over snoozing patients who need care. There's the radio DJ who's shuffling and spinning music, and he's a friendly voice for those who might be working and for those who just can't sleep. I remember when I was 18, I had just graduated from high school. My dad had worked at a place at a mill, a paper mill called Crown Zellerback. He ended up getting me a job there because I wanted to make more money. And uh, interestingly, they worked shift work there. A week of days, a week of swing shift, and a week of graveyard. Well, because I was the low man on the totem pole, 
I worked almost exclusively graveyard. So it's a little bit, you know, in, this, in the summers, it's hot. It's just really, really hot at night. And then, and then it starts cooling down. And then by the time the winter comes, it's really cold. Uh, what I realized over time, that motivated me to go back to college. I am not a shift worker. And I'm definitely not a night shift graveyard kind of person. I am early to bed, early to rise, even when I was younger. And here's what I realized. You know what? It's just not a fun time to be up. I'd much rather be sleeping, and, and most of you would, would, would rather do that too. Now, it's interesting because some of the policemen I talk to in our, um, here and some of the other workers that work night shift, they love it. Well, you know, there's not as many supervisors around, and it's not as busy. And for the police guys, though, which really gets me, is they say, well, that's where all the action is. And I said, well, I don't, you know, that wouldn't appeal to me. But some people like it, but most people don't. We'd rather be sleeping. But here's the deal. There's one who was born during the night shift who continues to work the night shift for you, and it's Jesus Christ. Psalm 121, the psalmist said this, he who watches over you will not slumber or sleep. You know what he's saying? He says, during those night times, God's always thinking about you. I mean, you know what? He's probably got, if there's a heavenly refrigerator, he's got your picture on it. If he's got a heavenly calendar, he's got your birthday covered and circled because God is always thinking about you. He's not going to forget about you. He's thinking about you. I love that. He's busy while you slumber. He's fully engaged, wide o eyes are wide open while you've closed your eyes and pulled the covers over your head. He never forgets about your situation. While you're dreaming, he's on the job site taking care of you. I don't know about you, but sometimes we can forget about that. Some of you may feel sometimes, maybe you're even here today, that maybe you've been kind of in a dark time and you feel like he's off. I mean, he's taking care of everybody else, but man, he's on holiday for your life. Where is he? What's he doing? What's he up to? I mean, is he attending to the black holes in the universe or the quasars and other galaxies? And you just think he really doesn't care. But the psalmist reiterates, he says this in Psalm 3 and 4, he says, you have put more joy in my heart. I will both lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, Lord. Make me live in safety. What a precious promise. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. So you and I can. We don't have to worry. See, it's easy to forget, but important to know that he's there in every dark area of our lives. Because sometimes we understand, and maybe some of us are here this morning, where we understand that we're facing some dark nights of our soul. Maybe for some it's an addiction that you've been struggling with, and you haven't experienced deliverance, and you're just, man, you're white-knuckling, and you say, God, I just, I, I just want to be delivered from this addiction, but you haven't been able to overcome it. God's there. Maybe for some of us, you got to, your marriage is in a really dark season, and you need a miracle, but it hasn't come. I want to remind you, God is there. He's not sleeping. Maybe your business is struggling with dark times and red ink. God's there. He knows. Maybe some of you feel like you're just simply groping in the dark. You're unsure of where to go next or where you're headed or what you should do. I want to remind you what the psalmist said, that God neither sleeps nor does he slumber. Because I know what it's like. You know what it's like to feel like what God is distant when they're, you know, when you're just, man, you're doing your stuff day in and day out, but there's absolutely no divine construction signs around you that are saying, God, at work. You don't hear the heavenly jackhammers taking place, pounding away, knowing that the master architect is at something, at doing something of work in your life. But I want to remind you, he is. Because he always works in the dark places. He always works in the difficult times. And even when you don't see it, friends, guess what? He's at work. And I really believe that this season, that this day, for some of you, is a simple reminder of the birth of Jesus, a reminder of his arrival, that he's familiar with the night shift. He's familiar with the dark times of your life. He's familiar with the dark times of your soul. And that is where he will always do the greatest and deepest work if you'll stay with him. That's what we're doing today is we're celebrating the birth of Jesus tomorrow, the Savior and the Lord. And see, the Christmas message simply becomes good news of the one who can change your dark nights because he's going to work in them if you simply invite him and allow him. We see here in this story, in the Gospel of Luke, that the night shift brings good news. 
Has everyone, has someone said to you recently, hey, I got some good news for you. You want to hear it? What do we say? Well, sure. We love good news. We don't get very much of it anymore. I mean, don't turn on the TV. You're sure not going to get any. Or the talk shows, you're probably not going to get any. So if somebody says it, we'll take it. Well, that's exactly what the angel says. He comes and he says, I bring you good news. Tidings of great joy. I love this because he didn't say, hey, guess what? I'm here. I want to announce something to you straight from God. I got some good news for you and I got some bad news for you. He doesn't do that. It's kind of like Fred, the golfer. He was a golfer. He loved to play golf. He woke up one night, and there's this angel standing before his bed. And the angel says, hey, I'm going to bring you some good news and some bad news. What do you want to hear first? Well, Fred says, listen, give me the good news. That's what I want to hear. And so he says, well, the good news is there's golf in heaven. And he goes, well, what's the bad news? He goes, well, it's, it's great that there's golf, but I need to know what else, you know, what else you going to tell me. And he says, well, here's the, here's the bad news. You've got a tea time tomorrow morning. So, <laughs> so he's going to get to go and play golf. That's the good news. But here, loved ones, this Christmas story, it's really good news, period. The Christian message is good news. That's why we call it the gospel. That's what the gospel means, the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah, we do live in a culture, don't we, that really gets a negative effect, oftentimes from the messengers because of the way we present the message of the good news. What's the key to the good news? Why is it good news for you and me today? It's because he says there is a Savior. What's a Savior? It's someone who simply rescues somebody from danger and they delivers them to safety. That's what Jesus Christ came to do. That's what he comes to do. He comes to identify with us. I don't know about you, but I've learned over the years there's absolutely no way in the world that I can clean up my own life. I mean, listen, I can wear a spiffy little tie every once in a while and try and fake you out, but it doesn't work. I just can't clean myself up, and neither can you. I mean, we just can't make ourselves good enough to stand before God. Why is that? Because that's what sin does. It brings darkness to our lives. We try and clean up. We try and tidy up, but we really can't do it. Why? Because we have... What's a big deal today? I forgot my phone in my office, but what's everybody doing? Selfie, selfie post my selfies. Now, if you do this, it's not a problem. But everybody's posting selfies. And it's kind of funny because selfies kind of comes almost from this word selfishness because we live in a culture that is really selfish. And we have this bent towards selfishness and self-focus. And the Bible calls us when we want to do our own thing, go our own way, and really not engage and involve God in the process. Uh, the Bible calls this attitude sin. Yet we have this Savior who not only wants to come and rescue us, but he says in Matthew 1, he wants to reside in us. And he wants to begin to not only take over, but to work in and through our dark nights. Why his name is Jesus. And we know Jesus' name means God saves or God to the rescue. Because when the angel came to make that announcement at the first advent, this is what he said, name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So why do we need to be rescued? Well, probably all you have to do really is just look around and see how things are. But sin, this, this selfish bent, this missing what God has for us, it darkens our life spiritually and it separates us from God. It darkens our life socially and it wrecks relationships and wreaks havoc on the relationships around us. It darkens us personally. It just messes up, messes up our lives physically and emotionally. How many have experienced some of those things in our life at some point? And our sin just simply darkens and spoils the world we live in. And again, you just look at the front page. Just look at any part of the newspaper or listen to the news any day. Now, that's the bad news. But you know what? We have this baby that came, Jesus, the Savior. He says he was born to you. This baby became a man, and he's your Savior. This is your Lord. Hear me, loved ones, this is personal. This is the good news to you, that Jesus came for you. And what does he do? He comes to bring great joy. That's the good news, that he comes to bring great joy. See, the Jewish people at this time, they'd been praying for a Messiah for thousands of years. For 400 years, they hadn't heard from the prophets 
And they were praying that they would be freed, that this Messiah would come and free them from oppression. And now they were under, at the time of Jesus' arrival, they were under Roman oppression and they just, they wanted something of great hope. And so he came to answer their deepest hopes and longings. Oh, not to free them physically from Roman oppression, but to free them from spiritual bondage. This good news, it brings great joy to anyone who longs for a better self, a better life, because God's come to set us free. I suppose as we head into Christmas and then we head into the new year, here's some questions. I mean, do you just want to be a better person? Do you long to live a little bit better life? Do you long to live a life that matters, that has greater purpose and greater meaning than just kind of getting through? Do you long to see wrongs made right around you in places where you are, your relational orbit, this world? Do you long to know God? Well, Jesus came to answer those longings. That's why this is such good news, loved ones. This is why it brings such great joy to people today. And the message is still the same. And as the worship team comes, we're going to sing just these couple of songs of humble king and this, this God that came humbly to be able to show us who God is and that today we get to adore him. And maybe you've got something going on in your life in terms of maybe there's a night shift. Maybe you feel like you're in this graveyard time, something dark going on. I would invite you to just simply invite in this humble king who can work and do what you need him to do and potentially probably some of the things that you could never do on your own.
up your voices and sing, Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us Well, the announcement was not only for good news, great joy, but it's for all people. In this ancient world, uh, probably much like our world today, Jesus enters. There were deep divisions in terms of race and age and gender. And this, and this angel comes and announces, and he steps up, and he says, this is good news, great joy for everyone, for all people. It's regardless of race regardless of socioeconomic standing, background, age, or gender. This is the most radically inclusive message in the world. Why? Because it's for all people. Well, what does all people include? Well, pretty much everybody. But just to clarify, it includes you. It's good news, great joy for every person in this room, every person in this community, and every person in this world, Jesus came for you. Well, you might think, well, you know what? I'm not good enough. I mean, what God wouldn't want me. I mean, you just messed up so much. There are people that I talk to oftentimes out in the community, some of the functions that I get to be involved in, and they'll catch me afterwards, and they'll say things like this, I could never come to your church. Sounds like you'd be in the right place, but I could never come. I mean, if I came... I have no doubt that the ceiling would fall in or the roof would fall in or the, the walls would fall in and kind of my stock answer, because a lot of people say that. My stock answer is, well, I've been there for a long time and it's still standing, so you'd probably be all right. Maybe there's some of you, you might think you're just a little too good, that you really don't need a Savior because life is good and you, you know, uh, when you look at the universal scales of justice, everything balances out pretty good. But, but, but the good news is you still need a Savior. Remember I said earlier, we can't tidy ourselves up. We can't clean ourselves up good enough to stand before this holy God. That's why Jesus came, Matthew 1.23, that he would save us from our sins and that he would be Emmanuel, God with us. Now, here's the kicker, too. It, it not only includes the, those who think they're not good enough, it not only includes those who might think they're too good, but it includes your neighbor that you don't like. It includes your family members that you don't like. It includes the people around you that you don't like. It includes all the people, period. That's who Jesus came for. And he says, I want you to remember that. It's for everyone, anywhere, for all time, for all people. Have you ever heard those uh, little letters that kids write? Have you ever read any of those that uh, kids write to Santa Claus? I see them in the newspaper every year, and, you know, they have them from different places around here, and you can see them online. Here's a couple that I really enjoy. It says, Dear Santa, I've been good throughout the year. Get me lots of gifts. Number one, I want chocolates. Number two, I want some soft toys. And number three, anything and everything. I love that. Love XXX. They didn't even put their name. Isn't that great? Anything and everything. That pretty much sums it up. Dear Santa, Santa, if, if you bring presents with batteries, would you please bring batteries too? <laughs> oh, how many times has Santa forgot to do that? Uh, that was from uh, DK. Dear Santa, now this, this young, youngster's got it down. 
you know, kind of butter up and, you know, go through the process of asking how he's doing. How are you doing? And how are your reindeer doing, Santa? I'm doing fine. I want a new football game and a football because my little brother always tries to steal mine and he may look sweet, but he is the devil. <laughs> I love that. And he is the devil. I also want a remote control truck. Love, Evan. P.S. How do you get into my house on Christmas? I don't think our chimney's big enough. Here's one of my favorites. Dear Santa, there are three little boys who live at our house. There's Jeffrey. He is two. There's David. He is four. And there's Norman. He is seven. Now, Jeffrey does some good things sometimes. David not, doesn't do good much very often. But Norman, he's good all the time. I am Norman. <laughs> this, th- this message that we received today, friends, it includes everybody, even if you're Norman, even if you're not. Jesus came for you. Now, here's the deal. We all understand that we can kind of self-select out. We can simply say, no thanks. You can choose death over life. You can choose self over God. You can choose your ways over his ways. But I always think about, why would you want to do that? Scripture says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Who wouldn't want to receive a free gift? See, a lot of us, most of us, we're going to go home today or go over to family's house and we're going to exchange gifts or maybe your tradition is tomorrow. I got friends that have done it now for three or four days and because of their families, which is just wonderful. Imagine that. But you're going to exchange some gifts and you're going to have to make a decision. I mean, it's an obvious illustration, but you're going to pick up a gift. It's going to have, it's going to say Terry on it. There's already some things that I found underneath the tree that have my name on them, and I'm going to open them tomorrow morning. But I have a choice. I can leave it, and while it's a gift, it really isn't my gift, because if I don't receive it and open it and do something with it, it's just uh, something that's underneath the tree. But there's not a chance in the world I'm going to leave them there, because I'm going to receive it. And then, like so many... Uh, you know, I've had people bring me pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds of co- uh, candy. And here's just another one. And here's what I've learned is I want to take every gift that I can and I want to receive it. Mm, that's really good. Here's what I've learned about gifts. I want them. I, I used to kind of be shy about receiving them, but now I just, I'm older and I just say, what in the world? Bring them on. But here's the deal. Scripture says this, that Jesus is an indescribable gift given to us by the Father. And when I received him, man, it changed my life. The psalmist put it this way. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I want to encourage you today that as you think about these gifts that you're going to exchange and you're going to receive, don't leave any behind but receive them and enjoy them. But it's the same thing with the gift of Jesus Christ. And some may say here, well, I just, I don't deserve it. I I didn't say anything, and neither does the Bible say anything about deserving it. It says it is for all people. And I want to challenge, I want to encourage you, taste and see that the Lord, that Jesus Christ, that this, this man that we celebrate today, he's good. He's good. This gift of Jesus, he's the light of the world who comes into our darkness, who works the night shift to dispel and to diminish and to help us through our dark times, to give us life and to give us hope. He works the night shift in our darkness because we still stumble. There's a lot of really gifted people in this room. There's a lot of really talented people in this room. There's a lot of people that are really, you're able to do a lot of incredible things. And I have incredible respect for you. But here's the deal. Sometimes we forget We still stumble, we still fall, we still have dark times and dark experiences. And I want to invite the worship team to come up again and we're going to sing this song called Light of the World. And I want it to be this simple reminder that Jesus is the light of the world. And we're going to enter into the candlelight service in just a moment. But I want this to kind of prepare us 
and to remember that Jesus not only comes to be the light of the world, but he comes to be the light of your life and my life, our life, this place. So would you stand with me as we sing this? Step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Here I am to. Here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created, all for love's sake became more. So you if you would to take a candle there from the table pick it up and I want to simply remind you that Jesus is the light we're starting from this one candle that really represents Jesus and everything of our life that can flow from him to us and then to others I encourage you that while you listen that you would just uh, light the candle of somebody next to you as yours is lit
Would you sing that with us? As you hold your candle, I uh, prophet in Isaiah said that people stumble in the darkness. And as I said earlier, it really doesn't matter how gifted, how strong, and how well off we are, whatever would give us a sense of who we are. We still stumble just because of this thing called sin. I suppose the greatest illustration for me happened a little over a week ago that we had uh, this little party. It's called Prime Timers, and I, uh, we had uh, a joyous time and great joy, and I'm walking around thinking I just love those people, had a lot of fun, uh, but because of the circumstances taking place, I needed to get from the kitchen over to here to turn off the lights and then make my way from that wall back through the kitchen to my car parked out in the back. Now, I've been here 26 years, and we've had this gym probably, I think, 19 years. I've walked through this place a thousand times, oftentimes in the dark. Well, I'm walking, and I'm coming, and I turn off the lights, and I mean, it's dark in here. There's no little candles to help me, okay? And I just figured I could do it, so I was going to make my track right through, trek right through here, and I know that real well because I can grab the chairs, and I can feel a table and make my way. Well, somewhere I got a wrong turn, <laughs> and I ended up coming this way, and I'm walking, and this little platform right here is right at your shins, and so I walk right into it, and I mean I hit my shins, and I buckled over, and uh, there was a two, two gals back there, so I didn't want to yell too loud, and, and I, just, I just gritted my teeth and acted like nothing happened because I didn't want them to think I was wimpy or anything, and... <laughs> And, or it would just let alone get lost in the dark. But I mean, I stumbled and it hurt. And it hurt. You know, sometimes don't we think we can make it on our own? We think we can find our way? And I got this wonderful wife who, married, who talked me into marrying her a number of years ago. And the way that she was able to do that is because she was so kind and did such nice things for me and took such good care of me. So I go home and the next night, she goes, what in the world happened to your legs? I was going to show you a picture, but I didn't want to gross you out. But she goes, what in the world happened to you? I go, well, I just, I tripped and it really hurt and blah, blah, blah. And uh, she goes, so she gets out these snake oils, you know. And uh, <laughs> y y y you know what I'm talking about, all those oils, the gals you've got now. And I'm sorry if I offended anybody. But so she goes, here's what I'm going to do. And so for the next, like, uh, every night since then, she's just, she goes, just pull up your pet leg there and she just rubs it. And she just puts this oil on it. And, um, and that's so sweet. And here's what I'm thinking. You know, that's really the way Jesus is for you and I, loved ones. He's just so kind. He loves you so much. That in the midst of your bruising, in the midst of your falls, in the midst of your failures, in the midst of your foibles, you know what he wants to come and do? He wants to work the night shift in the dark times of your life. And he wants to build you up and he wants to, he wants to be with you. And he wants to take care of you. But that comes because you invite him in. And this morning, I don't know where you are. I don't know. Maybe you've got a dark season you're in. 
Maybe you've never said, Jesus, I want to follow you, and today you can make that decision even now as we're holding these lights. Maybe some of you need to say, you know what, I need to get back. I need to get walking with Jesus again in seriousness. Or maybe I need to deal with something, a dark area in my life. You can do that, and I want you just to pray in just a moment with me. Whatever yours is, you can pray. And then we're going to extinguish our lights together and let that be a time where we can, you can seal that. But here's the thing I really want you to do with these lights after you do that. I think I did this a couple of years ago. I want you to take these lights, and before you extinguish them, I want you to pray, Lord, who is somebody that you're calling me to be a light to? Who are you calling me to maybe go help them in their dark times? Maybe you want me to work the night shift with them. Maybe you want me to just simply speak your name to them. But I want you to get a name, and I want you to pray for them. And then we'll extinguish our, ca our candles. And I want you to take a candle with you. Put it somewhere where it can be a reminder this year to pray for them, that, that person or those persons every day. Because here's the deal, loved ones. That's why we're still here. We are here so that we can now be the light of Jesus to people because he lights every man, every woman, every child. So would you pray with me? Father, we come tonight, this morning, feels like night, but Lord, we come this morning and we just say, Lord, thank you that in the midst of darkness, this very simple candlelight reminder shows us that, Lord, you brought light to our life and maybe even this morning, you're bringing light to some people's lives. And if there's people here that have never crossed a line of faith, just said, I want to follow you, I pray, Lord, that, Lord, you would do that, that they would make that decision today that they would receive the Savior, that they would embrace the true meaning of this season. Lord, for some of us that find ourselves in dark places, I pray you would remind them by the presence and power of your Spirit today that, God, you would remind them that you're working on their behalf. Whether they see your presence or not or don't sense it, that they would know today as they leave that you're at work. That there are signs in their lives that they would see God at work. And Lord, we thank you of your promises that, Lord, you never sleep or slumber. You're not taking a holiday. You're working our lives. You keep us purpose. And so, Lord, I thank you for those things. And now, Lord, we pray as we stand here for the people that we know need you. And Lord, we just want to pray for them and believe, God, you can do a work in their hearts and lives. Use us, Lord, to be your light that is extended and expressed. Your hands, Lord, to those people around us that need you. And Lord, we're going to believe that this year is going to be a great time for people to come and know you. So Lord, thank you that you're the light of the world that's come to our lives. For that we give thanks in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Now here's what I'm going to invite you to do. If you would just kind of have a little, about an ounce more courage than fear uh, so that the next people coming in don't get engulfed by smoke, that you would uh, take your fingers and uh, then uh, just a little dab of, how should I say it, spit, and, uh, and put it out, but take your candle with you as a reminder of those people around you. Let's go ahead and do that if you would. We're going to sing Joy to the World in just a moment as the lights come up. I want to show you a picture. And um, this is a picture that uh, is about five years old, six years old. Uh, a little self-serving, but it's, it's very important. This is my favorite all-time picture of my grandson. And the reason is, is, is because this was taken when I think he was two. And he was at uh, the Sun Valley Mall getting ready to see Santa Claus. And, you know, the, the snow thing that we've had here a couple of times... That's what was going on. And, and he just happened to lift his head in his hands to touch that and to feel it. And uh, I told you this year that I was doing, I did 20 days of thankfulness at the end of Thanksgiving month. And I put this in my journal. And then I put it on my calendar in December, this picture. And uh, I, I just said this, Lord, would you give me that sense of awe this, this Christmas season where my, 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 my focus is on you and I'm just simply lifting my hands to my Heavenly Father. And can I just say, that's what I've been praying for, for you, for our church. 
that we wouldn't lose this childlike awe of who Jesus Christ is. Glory to God in the highest. And that we would experience that. And that's my prayer for you. Would you just kind of lift your hands or your face or your countenance or your head as we sing joy to the world because of who Jesus is and what he's done. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature you next Sunday we will not be having service but we'll have a drop in prayer time from 10 to noon where we invite you to come and there'll be prayer, there'll be communion there'll be uh, kind of a guided thing that you'll be able to do on your own. Staff will be here if you'd like prayer going into the new year and just to pray over you but it's kind of a come and when you want and leave when you want and there'll be some things here for you to do encourage you to be a part of that, read your program, has all the announcements you're sure loved Go and be a blessing to the people around you the next 48 hours. Have a great day. You're loved. Bye-bye.